The Trumpet Daily program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily program begins right now. I had this whole thing, basically, or let's say half of it, certainly enough to prosecute in 2019. I gave it to Hannity in early 2019, then to John Solomon, then to Mike Pompeo, who also buried it. And you should know that now that he's running for president. And I'll tell you the whole story of that at some point. I'll write it out. And then Barr buried it in January of 2020. And I didn't know that Barr had the hard drive. He's talking there. That's Rudy Giuliani, of course, talking about uh, all the crimes. They're right there on the laptop. Proof, evidence of the Biden crime family's criminal enterprise that went right around the world. And, uh, of course, he's dropping quite a few prominent conservative names. Gave the information over to Hannity. Gave it over to John Solomon. Mike Pompeo knew. Bill Barr, of course, had the laptop. Giuliani didn't even know, he didn't know that in 2019. Well, the, the FBI, I guess, got it at the end of 2019. But it just reveals so much about an unwillingness to expose evil, to fight against evil, even coming from the conservative right. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We certainly appreciate you joining our growing audience. You can get to the live video stream of this show through our website. That would be thetrumpet.com. Just go to thetrumpet.com forward slash live, and it takes you right to the live stream page. You can also get to the podcasts for this show on the website as well. The email address, if you'd like to submit feedback to the show, td at the trumpet. Com. So you're very familiar with 2 Kings 14. We've, we've referred to that so many times in recent months. But the, the fact that there's just no helper, the, the latest Trumpet magazine, all these forces aligned against him on the one hand, and then on the other side, there's, there's Donald Trump virtually alone, as we write in the January issue of the Trumpet magazine. This is from a Trumpet article from November of 2021, so just over a year ago, where we said the rhinos, that would be Republicans in name only. They're not really uh, strong conservatives. They're weak, just weak Republicans, establishment politicians, all members of the Uniparty. It says the rhinos' admonition to Americans to just forget the 2020 election is absolutely perverse. And unless something happens to prevent it, it will lead to calamity in the 2022 midterm elections. So that, that's a pretty accurate forecast, given what we now know about the midterms. Carrie Lake, she submitted her, her brief in court on Friday. Such obvious fraud. The, the statistics, when you look, I have an article later on in the stack, just showing all of these anomalies. There was a red wave throughout Arizona on the midterm elections, except for the four at the top, the four that just happened to be backed by Donald John Trump. So obvious there was cheating that went on, cheating on a mass scale 
we wrote a little over a year ago, unless something happens to prevent it, it will lead to calamity in the 2022 midterm elections. It says shrinking in the face of abject evil only allows it to grow stronger. You can learn this if you just study your Bible. If you don't confront evil, if you don't remove the evil, the evil just grows and grows and grows much stronger. We've talked about in Epistles class this week and last about laying siege to a problem. We've talked about how that the battlefield, the spiritual battlefield, it, it, it's in our minds. And we've got to resist against the pulls of the flesh, that carnal nature, that heart that's deceitful and desperately wicked. And that's what we've got to fight. And if we don't, that sin, like leaven, will spread. And this is what we're seeing. We're seeing evil spread right throughout the land. It really is a sickness from head to toe. Isaiah 1 prophesied of this. You see the sickness in the leadership at the head, but it runs right through the entire body, doesn't it? It says, when God says the whole heart is faint, he's talking about spineless people and leaders who put personal gain before the country and doing what is right. It says strong, brave leaders confront evil, especially when it thrusts their nation into an existential crisis. Strong, where are the strong and brave ones? Well, Isaiah 3, you can read the first two, two three verses of that chapter and see that it says God has taken them away. He's taken away the strong and brave leaders. That's fulfilled prophecy too. Mike Pence he was, he was Donald Trump's vice president. I told you about Bill Barr and all that he knew in that last year or so that he was in office. But think about Mike Pence. The vice president, now he's, he's got his book. He's out on his book tour. He's asked, given all of these Twitter revelations, given the fact that we now know that the deep state rigged the election by covering up the Biden laptop, and by censoring Donald Trump and his supporters. And so Mike Pence is asked directly, did, uh, you know, did, did you actually lose the election in 2020? Listen to how he responds. This is clip three. Did Twitter cost you the 2020 election? Well, look, I, what I want to say, and I wrote about this in my book, so help me God, is uh, I couldn't be more grateful to Elon Musk for uh, essentially turning on the lights at Twitter and, and revealing to the American people that there was this shadow banning, that there was an active effort underway to prevent the sharing of the New York Post story. Look, I, I don't think any one factor cost us the election. I don't think any one factor cost us the election, he says. Even now that we know, now that we know, the FBI rigged the election. And there's lots of other factors, too. Maybe you could take the reverse of that and say, well, what about all these factors together? This is important because these people are now saying Donald Trump's a loser. Donald Trump, he's dragging the party down. He had an opportunity to, to unite the party, but he didn't do it. Donald Trump won twice. Donald Trump, he has a better record politically than any of these other guys. He's never lost. He gained, what, six million more votes 
He outperformed Obama. He gained votes. Who can, who can possibly, at this point, who can possibly believe that Joe Biden actually got 81 million votes in November of 2020? That's the best he can put forward, Mike Pence. No one factor really influenced the election to go one way. It, they all say the same thing. Bill Barr, well, there was a little bit of fraud here and there, but certainly not enough to actually tip the scales in the favor of Joe Bama. The Brownstone Institute, by the way, had uh, an interesting article about Mike Pence, even the, the, the title that he gave to his book, So Help Being God, and, and how that he's basically just presenting himself as God's instrument, and he, he virtually, single-handedly, Save the nation during the COVID crisis and all those things from 2020. Brownstone writes this. Uh, it says here, I'm mostly interested in Mike Pence's book for what he says about the experience of COVID controls, for this is what wrecked the administration he served. It says that will be my focus in what follows. But let me first address what everyone is right now thinking. How could anyone give their autobiography such a self-serving Filiopietistic title. You'll have to look that up later. I know I will. It says here, I don't have the answer, but he certainly leans in. He must have hired an editor to sprinkle the text as much as possible with Bible verses and other invocations of his deep connection to transcendent concerns, all of which serves as a helpful cover for what he actually did. And what did he do? What did he do? He, this author refers to Deborah Burks's book, Kushner's book, uh, one other book. I can't see her in my notes. It says, in every other insider accounts we have so far, he provided cover to Anthony Fauci. Mike Pence, he gives cover to Fauci, Burks, Redfield, all of them. In their drive to convince Trump of lockdown orders and then protected the lockdown crew in their national drive to push controls long after Trump had lost the faith. So Donald Trump lost faith in it, but he was going against not just Fauci, but, but against Mike Pence as well. It says, we know that this is true now from his own account. To be sure, his main theme is that the Trump administration, thanks to him and his spiritual maturity, did most everything correct in 2020. Then the Biden administration showed up and messed everything up using a top-down uh, and public sector approach that the Trump administration rejected. It says this is brazenly partisan, a brazenly partisan take. So that's, that's from the Brownstone Institute. Mike Pence there taking credit for all that they did to save the nation, to save the world from COVID. Yesterday, by the way, was 1,000 days. 1,000 days to stop the spread. Joe Biden, for his part, he came in two years ago saying, I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm going to shut down the virus. A thousand days. And you still have all of these mysterious drop-dead illnesses. This, uh, this uh, journalist over in uh, Qatar, I think he was 48, 49, he tweeted out not that long ago, if you don't get the vaccine, if you don't get the vaccine, you're probably going to go to the hospital or maybe worse. And now what? He's dead. He's dead. And you're hearing of all these other cases. Died suddenly. Just like the documentary says. All of these sudden deaths. And then we, we just ignore it? 
or, or we write books and we take credit. Fauci says if he, if he had it to do over again, he'd do everything exactly the same. Listen to this clip, clip six. First, I want to ask you, is there a moment of your career that you wish you could do over? <laughs> you know, um, Yasmin, no. And I know they're going to, people are going to respond to that. Um, who say, well, what does he think? He's perfect. Absolutely. I'm the first to admit I'm far from perfect. But when you say do over, you know, I really can't see something that I would do completely over. What do you think? He's perfect? Absolutely. I think he left out the word not. I think he meant to say absolutely not. But isn't it perfect that he left out not? Of course he thinks he's perfect. This never, no matter who it comes from, it never ceases to amaze me how a prominent public official whose whose record is out in the open in so many ways could ever come out and say, yeah, if given the chance to do it over again, I wouldn't change one thing. You wouldn't change one thing. Are you crazy? Not one thing? You can't think of one thing you would have done differently or, or maybe presented differently or said differently. What about trying to cover up the, uh, the Wuhan lab conspiracy theory? That's what you said it was. Or that's what your people were out there saying. And then that's exposed as a lie. Can you at least go back and say, you know, we should have been more forthright, more honest about the Wuhan lab? Can't even admit that. 1,000 days. That people still can't travel into the United States. We're, we're still having to juggle things around just to move students here and there because of visa complications and, and COVID restrictions. Still! A thousand days! It's unbelievable. It's an attack. There's a lot in there in this book about that, that attack, the scamdemic, using COVID to, uh, to steal a, an election, among other things. Our operators are standing by. 1-866-930-3024. I just want to come back to uh, Mike Pence. This is a quote from America Under Attack. It says, Michael Richard Pence will have secured his place in history as the Brutus, the Brutus most responsible, both for the final betrayal of President Trump and the unceremonious burial of election integrity. That's quoting Peter Navarro. It says, these Republican leaders betrayed the president. Republicans, they betrayed the president and the courts all the way up to the Supreme Court throughout the legal challenges due to technicalities. They all ran like Jonah from their duty. And because Republicans caved, Joe Biden was inaugurated. You see, there are consequences for running like Jonah. There are consequences for cowardly acts, or, or in a lot of cases, cowardly inaction. Nobody acted. So now look at where we are two years on. Now look, at where, now look at the evil and the filth as it's spreading even further. Listen to Mitt Romney again, a rhino Republican, commenting on Herschel Walker's loss uh, from last Tuesday, clip four. Well, President Trump lost again. Uh, and I know a lot of people in our party uh, love the president, former president. But he's, uh, if you will, the kiss of death for somebody who wants to win a general election. And at some point, we've got to move on and, and look for new leaders. 
that will uh, lead us to win. He, President Trump lost. They wouldn't even let President Trump go to Georgia, the Republican Party. So he lost. He's the kiss of death. That guy couldn't beat Barack Obama when there was a, a fair bit of bitter affliction in 2012 after four years of Obama. And, and Romney was the nice guy. Remember how they went after him, by the way? Remember how they, they made Romney look like this evil Hitlerian figure? But now he's got to win favor from CNN, from Joe Scarborough. Say a few things like that. You get the soundbite put right up there on the, the newsreel. It, it says a lot, doesn't it, when Mitt Romney sounds like the leaders in the Republican Party. Because everyone knows Romney's a, a Trump hater. Everyone knows he's a rhino. But no, Mitch McConnell, all the rest, they sound just like Mitt Romney and Joe Scarborough, as it happens. They all want to, as we say in the, the next Trumpet issue, they all want to dump Trump. Just get rid of Trump. And here all of these Twitter files are exposing the collusion between these Twitter execs and the deep state. That's right. The batch, batch number three shows all of these communications between Twitter and the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security and uh, the, the Director of National Intelligence. Connections, yeah. And it's important that you know that these weekly meetings, they were going on in the final year of Trump's presidency as they were trying to censor their boss, Donald Trump. Yes, that's right. The FBI in regular contact with Twitter officials to ban certain tweets. Even as Donald Trump was in the White House, even as Bill Barr was heading up the DOJ, John Ratcliffe even, he was the DNI at the time. Now, maybe it wasn't these people directly that were talking to Twitter, but subordinates were. And Twitter and others, you know it was happening with Google, you know it was happening with Facebook, and the best, the best we can get from Mike Pence on all of these shocking revelations is that, well, no one single factor influenced the election. That's craziness. That's craziness. Donald Trump, he's, he's the, the commander-in-chief at this time. And this doesn't raise any eyebrows. This doesn't say make someone say, you know what, maybe all this talk about the deep state, maybe it's real. And, and I guess now that I think of it, uh, for four years, three years, Mueller carrying on with his investigation, the, the two impeachments, maybe they were trying to destroy Donald Trump. Maybe, maybe that's the same spirit that's out there saying he had his chance. He's the kiss of death. Let's just move on from Donald Trump. Dump Trump. Sundance says this regarding the third batch from the Twitter files. Shelby Pearson, I guess, is the one who released uh, the, the content this time. It says, in internal slacks, communication chats within the organization show Twitter executives discussing, discussing various relationships with federal agencies. Again, keep in mind, we have such a thing as the First Amendment with federal agencies, specifically the Department of Homeland Security, various elements of the FBI, and the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. Twitter's main censor, Yoel Roth, we'll get to him in a second, 
Yoel Roth plays a key role in the discussion. Mr. Roth organized many of the communication chats that surrounded the election. Many of the communication chats surrounding the election. It says here, Twitter has partnered, was partnered with the FBI, DHS, and DNI to control the content of the platform using existing portals to communicate various government officials within these agencies and others could send instructions to the Twitter team and action would be taken based on a review of the government concern. And that action, as we noted last week, that action often happened within hours, generally same day. Government says, hey, take that down, that's misinformation. And Twitter was like, yes, sirree, let's do it. And, and evidently, Yoel Roth was running the show. It says here, the rest of the Twitter release number three is essential. A walkthrough of instances where the Twitter filter team was engaged in controlling the public conversation as the election was getting ever closer. So cover up Hunter Biden and his laptop. And then try, change the rules if you have to, to start censoring Donald Trump. Shadow banning Trump, Giuliani, whoever else is talking about that laptop or talking about election interference. It says here they focused heavily on the Twitter account of President Donald Trump and applied internal flags and various control mechanisms to his content in order to control distribution. Yes, it says, yes, the Twitter executives were censoring the President of the United States and they were quite happy with the ability to do it. They're drunk on power. They were, they were censoring the sitting president of the United States and quite happy to do so. And who's working behind the scenes? Well, as the fourth batch revealed, they're hearing from, we write about it in AUA, they're hearing from Michelle Obama. She sends out that open letter after the fake Fedsurrection. Some of it was fake. The real part was the FBI incited it. That's right. So the FBI is engaged in censorship and inciting a riot? Could that be happening in the United States? It absolutely did. So there they are inciting the Fedsurrection. And then Michelle Obama, she's writing to Google, Facebook, Twitter. She's saying, hey, you've got to censor Donald Trump. Trump's the problem. And they did. They did. They canceled his account. They blotted him out of Twitter. And how many people were censored as part of the attack? Is there a First Amendment still in the United States? Not at these, not at these places. Well, but they're private companies. No, no. No, the Twitter files now, in case you're listening, Joe Scarborough, this might be worth talking about. Maybe you should put together one segment exposing this. They're trashing the First Amendment. Free speech. Oh, they'll hold that up when it comes to spreading filth. Yoel Roth, he loves some of that. He loves to see Twitter spread filth. But a tweet from Donald Trump, that is intolerable. That we have to punish. That we have to blot out. Twitter actually broke its own rules in order to block Trump, because he didn't break any rules. So they just made it up as they went. And then Michelle Obama, with her, uh, with her letter going out, 
Here's a sun, another Sundance quote. Essentially, the executive filtration team in control of Twitter, in, in control of Twitter content, was looking for ways to stop Donald Trump from using the platform, and they modified all existing rules and moderation guidelines to target and censor President Trump. We got to. It's kind of like you know, just carry out the investigation, and hopefully, we'll find something. So they're just searching, trying to find anything and everything that that Donald Trump did wrong. So they, had a, so they had an excuse to blot him out, you see. It says here, one of the ways they justified their action was to infer motive for any content that President Trump provided through the Twitter, his Twitter account. Ultimately, on January 8th, 2021, Twitter says its ban is based on, quote, specifically how Trump's tweets are being received and interpreted. Can you believe this? We've got to ban him because some of his tweets could be interpreted the wrong way. It makes you, it makes you think back to the, the, the Bill Barr letter in 2018 where he said, look, these Mueller people, they're trying to divine motive. So Trump's guilty because of what he could do, because of what he might do. This is the interpretation. It's will worship. That's how it's defined in Colossians 2. Just worship will, my will. Follow along. We know what's right. Donald Trump was in charge of the country. Donald Trump was the president of the United States. Who did these people think they were? They were fully submissive to the, the Obama family, to Antiochus, to Barack Hussein Obama. They incite the, the so-called insurrection on January 6th. Donald Trump's gone. January 8th, we got to obey Michelle Obama. We got to obey the dear leader. He's the real president. Donald Trump, we just need to dump Trump. Okay, so now Republicans, they're, they're in perfect alignment with people like Yoel Roth. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes, just get rid of Trump. He had his chance. He's the kiss of death. He's the one who lost last week, and he's just losing one after another after another. This is from uh, Jonathan Turley. He says, in the new material released late Friday, journalist Matt Taibbi confirmed that Twitter executives met weekly with FBI, Homeland Security, and national intelligence officials to discuss disinformation they felt should be removed from the site. The government meeting with Twitter to tell Twitter what's disinformation. So who decides? Do you have a conservative and a liberal in there both discussing it? These are all hardcore, radical, communist insurrectionists. That's what it amounts to. What emerges from these files is the notion of an effective state media in America, an alliance of media, business, and political figures who act not out of government compulsion, but out of personal conviction. I mean, is, this, is this a worthwhile story to discuss? Is, is anybody getting bored that this was actually happening and that Elon Musk, to his credit, is exposing it? It says here, the notion of a privately run state media is reinforced by the response to these disturbing disclosures, a virtual news blackout. Oh, they've got to ignore it because it exposes themselves with most major media offering little coverage of the disclosures. Just a, they're just attacking Musk. That's it. 
says, just as Twitter suppressed dissenting or opposing views in a myriad of ways, many in the media are minimizing coverage of this scandal. It's just like the Hunter laptop. Just minimize it, cover it up, and then 18 months later, you can come back and say, well, yeah, it did happen, but that's an old story. That's an old story. What? You're going back to Twitter in 2020? Seriously? It says here, some of these files reflect specific subjects or measures long pushed by powerful politicians to get private companies to do indirectly what they themselves are barred from doing under the First Amendment. They can't do it directly. So instead, they sit down with Yoel Roth every week. Every week. This is what was happening. It didn't influence the election at all, says Mike Pence. But it was happening every week. Government-sponsored censorship in the United States of America. It says here, in speaking to media figures in April, former President Barack Obama called upon our better angels to shape voters' opinions. Well, that sounds very righteous. Now, he was getting a lot more angry going into the midterms. But in April, hey, we need our better angels to shape voters' opinions. We do need to shape opinions. Communists believe this, and, and they need to revise history as well. They need to blot out. They need to censor. They need a narrative, even if it's false. It says here, similarly, President Joe Biden has said social media editors are vital to protecting citizens from their own misguided values or assumptions. So there's Joe Obama saying how valuable these social media editors are, and, and they happen to be the editors working with the deep state meeting with the DHS, meeting with the FBI every week, every week. It says here, without enlightened editors, he asked, how do people know the truth? <laughs> I mean, if we don't have editors in there like Yoel Roth, how are you going to get the truth? Because Yoel Roth wouldn't lie, would he? No, no, just Trump. Dump Trump and revere Yoel Roth, the homosexual pervert, pushing pervert, perverted, vile filth all across social media. No problem. And then censor Donald Trump. I mean, this really is sickening. It's straight out of Ezekiel 8. We'll look at it here in just a second. If it doesn't, if it doesn't make your blood boil, <laughs> what will? This is what's in control of so many powerful positions in the United States. The spirit of Antiochus. Turley says, such comments show total contempt for the ability of people to make up their own minds on subjects ranging from elections to vaccinations. You just shut up about vaccinations or the election and listen to us. You, you're too stupid to make up your own mind. So we need Yoel Roth to tell you how to think on any given subject. Coming back to America under attack and, and the Obama influence, the spirit of Antiochus, right around that crucial time period in early 2021, the fake insurrection, blotting out Donald Trump, the inauguration of the illegitimate president. What a time. At America under attack, it says the 2020 election was hacked and it reduced America's entire electoral system to shambles. 
and it is all because of the radical left's unrestrained assault on America's democratic institutions and traditions, including the Constitution and the rule of law. Thousands of people and institutions were directly or indirectly involved. Virtually all of America's top media organizations and personalities were complicit, as well as the, the powerful tech companies and many of the nation's top politicians. They were all in on it. I mean, this is tomorrow's news today, by the way. I know the, the more recent version just came out this past summer, but this book has been around since 2013. If you have, haven't gotten your copy yet, one 930 It says here, But the vast network of lies, corruption, and lawlessness all points back to one man, Barack Obama. That's right, it all goes back to one man who, in April, spoke about our better angels. We, we need our better angels to shape opinion. Joe Biden, for his part, how, how are people going to know the truth if not for the Twitter police, the police that were working with the FBI? It says, look at how left, well, let me back up. As we'll see, this epic scandal would not have taken place if not for Obama's leadership of the Democratic Party and the radical left. And there is proof that he was not only aware of the plot to pervert the 2020 election, but was directly or indirectly leading those pulling the strings. He still is. He's still pulling the strings of Biden. The puppet master says, look at how leftists are now using their power in the media, technology companies, and social media to silence anyone who disagrees with them. They're clamping down on free speech and trampling the supreme law of the land. I mean, we always knew the ideology was the same. These, these Twitter police people like Yoel Roth and the deep state, what we now know, thanks to Elon Musk, is that they were actively communicating with one another, the, the government of the United States actually directing the operation, the censorship operation. I mean, this is damning evidence any way that you look at it, which is exactly why the media, the legacy media, won't look at it. They won't, because it exposes them. They're part of the, they're part of the coup. It's, a it's an ongoing coup, a rolling coup against the, the sitting president of the United States. He's still president, because the operation to get him out was an insurrection. America under attack. It says here, our forefathers had to die to secure, to secure our freedom of speech and freedom of religion. What kind of, what kind of people are we dealing with? Those who are now in charge stole the election. Those criminals are fighting against the living God. You can be sure God will not let that stand. God's warning message is going to get out there. God will not let them blot out this work nor our message because we have a job to do. It says, finally, this is in America under attack, God opens doors that nobody can shut, and he will shut them when they need to be shut. So we will put it in God's hands and simply, and simply trust him. Only God, only God can save America. When we come back, we'll talk more about this, uh, this Yoel Roth that evidently had more power more control of Twitter and what went on to that platform than, than Jack Dorsey himself. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is The Trumpet Daily. Don't forget the email address, td at thetrumpet.com. We'll be right back. The Trumpet Daily. 
What has happened to the United States of America? The wealthiest, most powerful nation in human history is suddenly divided, weakened, radical. The evil in America has grown powerful. The good has grown weak. The honorable parts of American history are succumbing to a direct, targeted, sustained assault. Someone, something is dismantling America's history, purpose, and character. Fundamentally transforming the United States of America. Political dysfunction, social strife, economic peril, catastrophic moral failure, fires, attacks, riots, lies. The nation is being attacked from within by its own leaders. Powerful elites in government, journalism, academia, and beyond are intentionally, rapidly destroying what America is in order to make it into something else. There is a reason why your nation is crumbling before your eyes. There is a spirit and a specific perpetrator that is attempting to blot out America. Only America Under Attack reveals that perpetrator and the motive and spirit behind him. This newly expanded book shows you the reason why America has changed so dramatically, so suddenly. If you're confused and concerned about what is happening to America, request your free copy of America Under Attack by Gerald Flurry at thetrumpet.com. The Trumpet Daily. Trust and safety is an adaptive space. Um, Nina Jankowitz has, has talked about the concept of malign creativity, the notion that people are not sitting still, they are actively devising new ways to be horrible on the internet. Mm -hmm. And the, the work of internet sanitation is trying to understand that and ideally staying a couple of steps ahead of it. There he is, Yoel Roth that he's he was the one in charge of sanitizing twitter the twitter platform he just wanted to keep it clean here this guy got his phd writing in depth on this this website i don't know some hookup app for homosexuals he's an advocate of pedophilia he, he doesn't see much of a problem with teachers getting together with their they're uh, ninth grade students. Yeah, groomers, all those kinds of things. Just running rampant all over Twitter. But don't you dare, don't you dare talk about the 2020 election. This is some sickening, perverse stuff. That guy, truth be told, is a monster. And he's the one that had control. He's the one working with the FBI to sanitize Twitter? Seriously? Listen to this from Insights and Issues, or other way around, Issues and Insights. Since Elon Musk took over, Twitter has been kicking more people off its network, except this time around, it isn't conservatives getting the boot. It's those trafficking in child porn. Now Musk is cleaning a lot of this up. I guess Roth didn't have time to do that when he was running the show. It says here, this is what the left and woke companies are freaking out about, or is it? Cybersecurity firm uh, Ghost Data reported over the weekend that Twitter had nearly doubled the number of accounts it's suspending each day that were sharing child pornography. This is all just happening recently, because Musk has come in there, to his credit, 
and he's cleaning up the crime scene. Crimes. It says here, in the past 24 hours, Twitter started to step up its efforts to, to, took, to take down 44,000 suspicious accounts, including over 1,300 profiles that tried to bypass detection using code words in the text images uh, to communicate. It says further on. So the question is, while Twitter was twiddling its thumbs over child porn over the past several years, what was it doing? Well, you know what it was doing. It was sanitizing the Internet of Donald Trump. It was scrubbing Donald Trump, the president of the United States. But all of this, all of this filth, well, that's fine to circulate that. Free speech, right? Free speech. I mean, we're fighting for the First Amendment. What, was, what must God think of this? Seriously. What must God think of this level of sickness, this kind of disease? And like I said at the, the top of the show, if you don't confront it, if you don't confront the evil, if you don't show some courage, some real conviction, well, it's just going to spread. It'll just spread all over the, pla- uh, the, all over the place. It says, based on the revelations that also came out this weekend about how Twitter went into overdrive to block the Hunter Biden laptop story. Lots of filth on that, that laptop as well. But, but cover that up. Don't let the truth come out about that so that anybody can be indicted or prosecuted. None of that. No, just let the evil go. Let it go. Bill Barr knew about it. Pompeo knew. Hannity. They all knew. Nobody did anything. Instead, they attacked Rudy Giuliani. They raided his house. They, they took his, his devices. Rudy Giuliani's the criminal. That's what we've been told. It says here, all of this puts the attacks on Musk in a new light. After he took over the social media platform, the left freaked out that he wouldn't do enough to censor misinformation, and 50 major corporations pulled their ads. Apparently, silencing conservatives is more important to them than protecting children. Just silence the conservative. Conservatism is really the only evil in the world today in the minds of these perverted sexual deviants. So many of them. Just go after conservatism. Just go after traditional values. Listen to Donald Trump. I forget what what year this was. But look at how much this man knew. He saw what was going on. This is clip five. Here's one. This is our, this is the arbiter. This guy is the arbiter of what's supposed to go on Twitter. He's the one he thought that, uh, he thought, and he used CNN as a guide. CNN, which is fake news. He uses CNN as a guide. His name is Yoel Roth. And he's the one that said that uh, mail-in balloting, you look mail-in. No fraud? No fraud? Really? Why don't you take a look all over the country? There's cases all over the country. If we went to mail-in balloting, our election all over the world would look as a total joke. That's from May of 2020. Here again, he's right again. You see why he's such a massive target in the eyes of the left. They have to destroy him. It's not enough to beat him at the poll. You've got to destroy him. You've got to get rid of him forever. You've got to censor him. He knew what was going on. He knew what was going on ahead of the election. Some would say he should have done more to prevent the theft, to prevent the stealing. 
but he certainly sees the evil, and he certainly speaks out against the evil. He certainly stands up to the evil. He called him out, Yoel Roth. He's the arbiter. He's the one controlling the conversation. You know, the one that kind of gets into pedophilia, and, and uh, he's certainly a rabid Trump hater. And he's uh, some kind of open homosexual spreading filth under his watch. Twitter was. Pornography. Child pornography. And he's the one that controls the flow of information? In Ezekiel chapter 8, just notice this prophecy. Again, we, we, my father writes about this in the Ezekiel book, booklet. 1-866-930-3024. If you don't have a copy, request your free copy today. But uh, we read through these prophecies years ago. And because of it, knowing, knowing what kind of evil must have been going on behind the scenes of that Laodicean rebellion in God's church back in the late 1980s, the early 1990s, God gives us some insights. God says, you know, look, look, in, look into the, what's happening there in the temple a little bit more because there's even worse abominations. It really is, as I say, it really is sickening stuff. Verse 1 of Ezekiel 8, it says, And it came to pass in the sixth uh, year, in the sixth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I sat in my house, and the elders of Judah sat before me, that the hand of the eternal God fell there upon me, it says, Then I beheld, and lo, a likeness as the appearance of fire from the appearance of his loins, even downward, fire, it says, and from his loins, even upward, as the appearance of brightness, as the color of amber. So Ezekiel begins this chapter with a vision or a reference to our great God. He's described uh, in chapter 1 in all of his brilliance there as well. But notice, notice what's happening in God's house Verse 3, it says, And he put forth the form of an hand and took me uh, and took me by the lock of my head. And the, the Spirit lifted me up between the earth and the heaven and brought me in, uh, in the visions of God to Jerusalem, to the door of the inner gate that looks toward the north, where was the seat of the image of jealousy, which provokes to jealousy. God brought him to Jerusalem where... He saw inside of the temple that there was this image or this, this idol right in the middle. That people were worshiping a false god. This is, this is not true religion or true worship at all. It's just rank paganism. Vile, filthy acts surrounding this pagan idol. Verse 6, And he said, Furthermore unto me, Son of man, Son of man, see you what they do? Even the great abominations that the house of Israel commits here, that I should go far off from my sanctuary and turn you yet again, and you shall see greater abominations. Can you see this? Can you believe this? God says to the prophet. I mean, you could only imagine. You don't even want to imagine. You just read a couple of tweets from Roth, tweets that I, I, I didn't even want to repeat here on this, this program. You can only imagine, well, what must go on behind closed doors if he would tweet something that filthy? God says it's even worse than you think. So much evil. 
Verse 7, it says, And he brought me to the door of the court, and when I looked, behold, a hole in the wall. And verse 9 says, And he said to me, Go in, and behold, go in and behold the wicked abominations that they do. Peer in through this hole and have a look at these abominations, these abominable acts, and you'll come to see why God has to punish the way that he does. Remember, Isaiah 1 says, the sickness goes top to bottom. So it's something we all have to confront. I mean, it's easy from time to time with some of these, these stories to just single out one individual. But the perversion runs deep in our society. God compares us to Sodom and Gomorrah. He does. Isaiah did. Ezekiel the prophet does. Jude 2 Peter, Romans 1. Jesus said it would be just like the, the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, just before his return. So what is God getting at? I mean, the, this might be somewhat of a sensitive subject for some. But look, if it's stated all through the Bible, what is God's position? What, as I said earlier, what must God think about what's happening in some of these institutions, on some of these platforms, behind closed doors, and someone comes in and blows the doors open, and you're able to kind of peer through a hole in the wall. That's what Elon Musk is allowing us to do. As we see, as I said before, this incestuous relationship, as we see state-sponsored censorship, not of pornography, not of child pornography, of conservative thought, of conservative ideas, of conservative principles. It says in verse 10, So I went, I went in and I saw, and behold, every form of creeping things and abominable beasts and all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed upon the wall round about. Well, I went in and looked, and I mean creeping, uh, abominable things all over the place, all over the walls. Is this God's house? It says in verse 12, And then said he uh, unto me, Son of man, have you seen what the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark? Every man in the chambers of his imagery, for they say, The Lord sees us not. The Lord has forsaken the earth. My father writes in the Ezekiel booklet, These elders are doing abominable things in the dark recesses of their perverse imaginations, harboring evil in their minds. Their minds, like Genesis 6 says about those before the flood, their minds are just on evil continually. It's just all that we're consumed with. We're, we're just, like I said to the class uh, last week and today, I mean, 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5, it shows how we've got to really be scientific and detailed in the way that we go after wrong thoughts even. Just eliminate uh, impurities from our minds. When our minds are on evil continually, look at what it leads to. Look at what happens to nations, entire nations. Look at what it does to families. They think that God doesn't see. God's, God's well aware of it. God knows what's going on. God's giving us one last opportunity to repent, to change, because he's measuring the destruction. 
the punishment that's coming, he's going to be very measured in the way that he administers that. He says so in Amos 7 and elsewhere. Verse 13, it says, He said also unto me, Turn you yet again, and you shall see greater abominations that they do. And then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was toward the north. And behold, there sat women weeping for Tammuz, this false god. Women in there, the, the, the wives of the priests, they had, like my father writes in the, the booklet, they had an especially strong influence on this uh, pagan idolatry that was going on. The family, were, they were upside down, these families. And so when that happens, Satan can begin to turn the whole nation, the whole society upside down. That's what Isaiah 3 is all about. God says there, I'll take away the leaders. And then you read what it says later in the chapter, Isaiah 3, verse 12. Read it for yourself. I'm not there at the moment. This is verse 16. Verse 16 of Ezekiel 8, it says, And he brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house, and behold, at the door of the temple of the Eternal, between the porch and the altar, were about five and twenty men with their backs toward the temple of the Eternal, and their faces toward the east. And they worshiped the sun toward the east. They were worshiping the God of this world, Satan the devil, 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4. You look at the, as I said in class this morning, this whole system of pagan worship, this whole system of false Christianity that Satan set up. 2 Corinthians 11 lays it out. He's got apostles. He's got a false Jesus. He's got a false gospel. He's got false ministers. And it says there right at the top of it all, Satan is an angel of light. He's behind it all. If Satan had that much success, deceiving so many people in the first century, just a couple decades away from the crucifixion of Christ. Where do you think we are today, 2,000 years on? Is it possible the whole world could be deceived? Well, your Bible says that it is. Revelation 12 and verse 9. Don't forget to order America Under Attack and the Ezekiel, the End Time Prophet book. 1-866-930-3024. You are listening to Stephen Fleury, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We certainly appreciate you joining us on today's show, and we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>